Marketing. Ugh. Who's got the time? I mean, figuring out what email campaigns you set up, what social media content you should create and send out, and following up to see if anything is actually generating results is a full-time job. In many cases, a couple of full-time jobs. Effective marketing takes time and resources, two massive commodities that are in short supply. What if I tell you you can have an effective marketing strategy that pays dividends without the huge commitment of time and resources? Well, that's what we're talking about today on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that challenges small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you to dare to be the exception. Join our host, customer experience expert, Mark Haynes, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you script and direct your business and teams to create jaw-dropping experiences your customers and staff deserve. Here is the host of Experience Leadership, author of Lights, Camera, Action, customer experience expert, Mark Haynes. I am so glad that you are here with me today. My guest for this episode is one of the best experts on scaling for growth on this planet, Randall Craig. We will be discussing how you can grow your business with one of the most misunderstood marketing techniques available at your fingertips, marketing automation. Hey, hey, I saw your eyes glaze over. You're probably thinking, this is not for me. But here's the thing. If you're trying to get noticed, stand out from the crowd and have marketing efforts actually mean something, put on your learning cap today and stay with us. If this is the first time on this podcast, welcome, you are in for a treat. Do check out the other content that I have on this channel. I am so blessed that I get to play with experts each and every week to bring you some fresh new content. If you've been following me for a while, thank you so much for being a loyal fan. I am so glad that you get the value we bring each and every week. I will tell you, I am in the same boat as 95% of you. When it comes to marketing, I've tried this, I've tried that, I've tried the other thing. I've read the books and created the content calendars only to set them aside because I was too busy with other things. And really, I couldn't see the effort paying off. So that brings us to our question of the day. So where are you at with your marketing strategy? The bigger question is, where are you at with your marketing automation strategy? I'd love for you to share your experiences with us. So go ahead and post this episode wherever you're consuming this content on social media. Make sure that you hashtag your comments, hashtag experience leadership, and be part of this conversation. I'd love to be able to see what your comments are and what your thoughts are about what we're doing and what we're talking about today. My guest today wears many hats. Randall Craig is the author of eight books. He is a business growth advisor and a Hall of Fame speaker. Randall serves on both corporate and not-for-profit boards and frequently appears as an expert in the media. He has earned his FCMC, FCFA, MBA, CSP designations and is a black belt in karate. Randall has also been inducted into the Canadian Speaker Hall of Fame, no small feat in its own right. He leads the Brain Trust Professional Institute, and aside from his books, shares his unique and oftentimes innovative perspective through his keynotes 
and his virtual presentations. He's written over 600 articles and has his own podcast. So here's your challenge. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Randall. It's so nice to have you. Mark, it's just wonderful to be here. Thanks so much. Hey, before we get into today's topic, could you just dig a little deeper into what you do with and for your clients? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Most entrepreneurs, small business, even larger businesses, the people who lead them, they're not dummies. They got to where they needed to get because they're smart people. But the problem is that oftentimes, it's not that they don't know the right answers. Oftentimes, they don't have the right questions. So what I can do with them is help them figure out what those questions are. You know, a lot of them don't know what the unknown unknowns are or might not understand what's possible with respect to some of the latest thinking on marketing strategy and how that interacts with technology, with with their people, with the market, product market fit, and so on. So that's what I do. I help them figure that out. It really is a situation that people don't know what they don't know. Yes, correct. And, and as leaders, I think, so do you find that the leaders that you work with have have done the research, they've gone into different things? And they have this nugget of information, but they just need to explore deeper? Or do they just not know new ways of doing things? You know, I've got clients in Europe, Asia, throughout the United States and and here in Canada, which is where I'm located. And every single business is different. And some of them, you're right, they've got an, an idea, but they haven't really explored it. In which case, you know, in a certain sense, I'm a bit of a CEO whisperer. You know, I can outsource brain, if you will, to help them expand the concepts or deal with the risks or thinking about how they might be able to implement it more. For others, on the other hand, they're not really, they really don't know. They know their field. They know their company. They know their customers, their clients. They understand kind of their industry, but they might not know, for example, what best practices might be from other industries, or they might not understand how technology should be used. You know, they're captive of a vendor or of an agency that's got something to sell. Right. And so take the inputs from where you are. But oftentimes, again, it's they don't know what they don't know. It's the unknown unknowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today we are here to talk about marketing automation. Why is this topic so important in today's marketplace? Well, you know what? There's no shortage of people who will talk to you about what automation is and everything. But let me describe for all of your viewers what it means by not digging into technology, because You know, technology is just one thing. No, no, the bigger issue, frankly, is what I call the no-not-yet problem. You spend all this time marketing, and you get to the point where where a particular prospect comes to you and says, ah, I'm, I'm kind of interested. But at the end, they say no. And then off you go. And you're disappointed because you thought that you had the sale, you know, And when this happens over and over, obviously, this is a problem. You've invested a huge amount in that. But the question that I would ask is, are they saying no or are they saying not yet? Because if they're saying not yet, then you could do something about it. You're not going to suddenly get them to change their mind. But when they are ready to make a decision, then you want to be there. And present and being seen, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it sort of reminds me of something else. I call this the other 95% problem. If you think about it, you know, any sophisticated marketer will say, well, what's my conversion rate? You know, after a certain marketing impetus, uh, okay, an advertisement or an interaction, etc., certain percentage of the people will convert to the next stage of the selling process, the buying process from their perspective. And people would say, well, you know what? 
if I've got 5% conversion, that'd be fantastic. Okay, 5% of the people that, that knock on our door or that we reach out to say, yeah, I'm interested in more information. And so there's a huge amount of investment, a massive amount, that tries to increase it from 5% to 6%, right? And that, if you think about it, for the same marketing expenditure, excuse me, what that will do is that'll increase your bottom line by 20%. 5 to 6% is a 20% increase. So you say, of course, that's really where we've got to be spending the effort. But I would once again ask the question, just like no, not yet, what about the other 95% of the people? You know, you've, you've spent your marketing percent, uh, your marketing dollars on 100%, 5% convert, the other 95% don't. Are these the not yet people? Or maybe they're, 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 they're saying no, they didn't convert for some completely other reason. We're not so sure. They don't have trust in you, right? Maybe your pricing is off. Maybe they're not so sure that you've got the expertise, whatever it happens to be. So if you could focus on what th this other 95%, it's more likely that you're going to have success growing your business over the medium longer term. Okay, yet so often agencies are concerned about the campaign, right? The season, whatever it is, right? Which is the 5%. So you ask the question about, well, marketing automation. Let me bring it back to that. Marketing automation is the series of initiatives that you do specifically to deal with that 95% problem. So you're tackling the 95. So when you first were mentioning it, you were talking about you go out and you do this campaign and peep, there are this whole waft of population that is no, not yet that have ignored your whatever content you put out. But the marketing automation then is to get you in the face of the 95% at different times. Yes, and, and let me be practical. Mark, let me ask you, you know, when was the last time you bought a car? 2013. 2013, okay. So let's use our time machine and go back to 2014. One year after you bought this car, what kind of car was it, by the way? It was a Honda Accord. It was a Honda Accord. So you just plopped down a big chunk of money on this Honda Accord, and then all of a sudden... One year to the day after you made that car purchase, the salesperson calls you up and says, Mark, you wouldn't believe we've got a great deal on this year's Honda Accord. And you say, well, I just bought one. It's good for more than just a year. Okay. <laughs> and but, but thanks for calling. Okay. Now, that's a stupid call that a salesperson would never make. They would right. probably say something else. They'd probably ask you, well, how's the car? Do you enjoy it? Right. Okay, how's it working out for you? Just wanted to check in. Yeah. Now, if they did that after one year, you would probably say, yes, I'm glad that they called me. That was very nice of them. Okay, then maybe they, they call you a year afterwards in, what, 2015. Okay, and they say, hey, Mark, I'm not so sure if you know, but after two years, you know, oftentimes your mileage goes down. If you don't have the such and such, just wanted to make sure that you, you got that taken care of wherever you do. We just wanted to make sure you're okay. Yes. Okay. And you would say, okay, well, that I never thought of that. Maybe I should go and get my, I don't know, whatever it is changed. Yeah. Right. Then a year later, okay, the salesperson calls you up and say, don't know if you're aware, but you're part of our VIP group and we're having a, a launch for the new car. I know it's just three years. Your car lasts a long, long time. I thought you'd be interested in seeing latest innovations in safety. And you would say, ah, oh, actually, I'm interested in safety. Sure, I'll come to the event. They say, okay, here's the details. 
The year after that, they may say, you know, Mark, it's four years, you know, your lease is long gone and everything. Don't know if you realize, but the newest version has got much better mileage and actually much better safety. I know you're not looking for a car, but do you want to take one for a test drive just to see? And you would say, yeah, sure. No, when you say, yeah, sure, at that point, okay, what's actually happening, Mark? What's actually happening is, number one, the salesperson has got a higher degree of trust rather than the usual experience of always trying to close the sale. Trust has gone up. The second thing that's happened is that you're now aware of certain kind of needs, safety, better fuel economy, you know, who or whatever else. And over time, it's getting to the point where you're going to say, you know, maybe I'll go for a test drive. Maybe I'll buy another car and specifically a Honda and specifically at this dealership and so on. Now, those four, three or four annual phone calls is a very simplistic, simplistic example of marketing automation. Now, obviously, they call you up after a year. You may say, it's been a whole year. Why didn't they call me earlier? Or, oh, my God, I don't want to hear from this guy until I'm ready to do a car. So you have to be aware of what your prospects, your clients actually want. But we realize that if you keep on growing your business over the years, it's impossible for you to make phone calls every year, every two months, every whatever it happens to be, because the more customers you have, the more prospects you have, your time doesn't scale like the number of touches that you actually had. Other than 95%. So we start to say, well, what other kind of touch points? Well, we can send them postcards in the mail. We can send them emails. We can do a whole bunch of other things, okay? And what marketing automation is simply is, a sequence of specific touch points, which may be real world, they may be by email or postcards or whatever it happens to be, or phone calls, that happen in order to build trust and build that affinity, right? Credentialize you as, say, the expert, okay? Improve, you know, the service level, but you're not trying to sell them. In this particular case, you're not trying to sell them. That's one example of a marketing automation is very practical because most people have bought a car or know somebody who has. But does that clear it up a little bit? It does. Um, you know, the phrase marketing automation, some people would infer that this means it's all about technology. But this is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about that it has to be marketing automation through technology. We're just talking about a systematic outreach program, essentially, right? That's right. But if you listen to the technology vendors, it's all about the technology. <laughs> you just have to subscribe to our, you know, whatever, and magically your business will grow. No, no, no. Okay. It doesn't but have to I be that way. No, I can guarantee every single listener is going to say is, oh, okay, I understand. That's kind of what marketing automation could be. Yes. Hmm, what's the best way of doing it? Gee, how do I do it? Are there different types of marketing automation sequences? And by the way, how does technology fit in? Like all those questions are obvious, you know, you know, next step, second questions. level kind yes. of things. Yeah, exactly. Sure. But the whole idea of marketing automation, you're right, is to say, okay, you know what? Somebody's here and we need to move them there. Yeah. Maybe it's a no, not yet. Maybe it's an other 95% problem. Sometimes it's, well, gee, how do I use marketing automation to operationalize something after they become a client, right? The onboarding, for example, or to build you know, them into a great referrer for more business. Or, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ways we can use it, Yeah. right? But yeah. It, number one, it's not just technology, exactly to your point. Just to make it a black and white definition, how does 
automated marketing differ from conventional marketing initiatives? Well, first of all, it doesn't in the sense that an overall marketing strategy has got to have a whole bunch of little bits and pieces in it of which this is one. So it's not a contrast between one or the other, but I will give you one contrast. In the olden days, okay, uh, I certainly did it. You probably do it as well. You got a newsletter. And whenever a prospect comes through or, you know, with, you know, Castle and CCPA and GPR, we, you know, we got to get permission and everything. We're putting that aside. You know, we get the permission. They're in the newsletter and every month or every week or whatever it is, they get a blast from you. But you know what? When they get a blast from you, that's nice information about you. But where is it in the service of them? You know, they don't care about us. They only care about how we can solve their problem. So if they're sort of halfway up the buying process, it becomes very easy for us to serve them by using automation to continue the conversation Sometimes in an automated way through an email series, Mm -hmm. sometimes through real-world touch points on the phone, sometimes through the mail, like regular mail, snail mail, maybe through events, etc. But the idea is that you're not just doing a blast to everybody, which is kind of best thinking of, oh, I don't know, 2019, call it. Well, let's call it 1976, okay? But we could do a little bit better by continuing the conversation in context. I've got some examples. If you want later on, just ask away. But that's how I would describe and define it. What's really cool, as you were saying that, is it's also more focused on personalization. It's not, like to your point, it's not putting up a billboard that, you know, 150,000 people will see and it will resonate with only maybe 5% of that population. It's being able to find content that's going to be personalized to various different segments even of your market. Well, boy, that's a tough one, Mark. Okay, (laughs) because I'll give you an example. Let's just say you're an accounting firm that does two things. You do accounting and you do tax, right? And a client comes on and you've got a marketing automation, which is a bit of an onboarding one. And the first communication in that sequence would be, Mark, thank you so much for asking us to help with your tax. As you know, we've got X number of years of tax experience. Okay, just wanted to let you know you're in our schedule and we'll be able to reach you. And then maybe a month later, there's something else that's something else. Okay, but let's just say that you weren't that new tax client, but you were a new accounting client. So I sort of attach you to that tax marketing automation sequence and you get that and you think, what? This isn't me, (laughs) right? This isn't me, this is terrible. And so, so you're right in the sense that When you attach somebody to a particular sequence, it's got to be segmented for their particular purpose. On the other hand, the way it's written, it's got to be the same for everybody. Because if you are the new tax client, you're going to get the very same, you know, email sequence number one email that everybody else is going to get, right? So it's not special to you, but it's special to your segment, but it's written to you as if it were from me. Yes. Okay. Yes. Can you imagine if the first email in that sequence was, hello, this is the automated (laughs) onboarding system from Randall Craig. And I wanted to let you know personally as a machine that I'm really interested and pleased that you signed up with us. Even though we like personal service, really the machine 
is all you're going to get for your big, big honking fees, right? So it's got to be written as if it your business be, is important to us. <laughs> That's right. Please, waiting time is four hours on the phone. No, 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 no. And, but on the other hand, when a new client starts, for me anyway, okay, for years, I would write them an email. And the email was, you know, gee, Mark, thank you very much for asking me to speak at your event or to advise on your organization's growth or whatever it is. Yeah. Okay, just wanted to give you my personal, you know, promise that me and the team are going to do the best for you, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Okay. And so after doing that for a long time, I thought to myself, surely this can be automated. So I took the same thing that I would write every single time and I put it into my CRM system so that magically when they move from the stage of being a proposal outstanding to they've now signed the contract, that that automatically got sent out. And an email would always come back from the client saying, Randall, we're so thrilled to be working with you too. Okay, when that came back, I'd say, oh, who's this? You know, and of course I knew who it was, but I'd write back another little personalized response saying, "Sure, thanks once again. Yeah. Okay, by the way, see you at next Tuesday's meeting. Yeah. Right. So it might start in an automated way, but it ends being a very personal interaction. Right. You know, and so, you know, you know, you're an expert on customer experience, customer service, the whole bit there. And the last thing that anybody wants to talk to is a machine. Machines don't sign contracts. Right. Machines don't build relationships. Okay. But if you can put your words in a way that can be automated, and this is where the challenge is. Yeah. Uh, what you can do is is you can help those people that just need a little bit more from you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And be of service. Yeah. So just one point for those consuming this podcast today, CRM, if you don't know what that acronym stands for, is Customer Relation Management. It is usually a software database where you can track your customers through different aspects of your marketing initiative. So that's what CRM is. If you heard Randall say that and went, I wonder what that means. Typically, and coming up as a young leader, coming up in different organizations, one of the toughest things I've ever had to do is quantify the value of marketing initiatives. One never truly knows if what you're doing is making a difference. How does marketing automation differ as far as being able to look at, is it working? <laughs> well, you know, this has got to be, Mark, the most important question. And when you talk about, you know, the effort of moving a 5% conversion to 6%, having a 20% direct impact on your bottom line, the question is this, you've already spent that money on the other 95%. If right. you can capture 1% of that 95, you're going to have a 20% ROI, just 1%. You're going to have two, you could have a 40%, you know, increase in ROI, right? So my question really is this. Is the cost of implementing it properly, which is not just the cost of buying some software, okay? If the cost of implementing this properly is far, 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 far less than that 40% or 80% or 2,000% increase in ROI from that marketing spend, what do you think? Okay, it, it doesn't take a rocket science to say, yeah, indeed, it does make a huge difference. But let me just say it over and over and over again. It's not the technology, okay? It's the strategy behind 11 types of marketing automation sequences that most service-oriented businesses should have, okay? You're not going to do them all on day one, right? 
Right. So right. you start them, you know, that other 95% is not going to convert the next day, right? They're going to do it over the longer term. Yeah. But as they're sort of building the trust in you and people say, well, who do you know who can solve my problem of X? Even though they're not a customer of yours right now, they'll still develop the referrals. You know, they'll still tell their friends about you because, you know, you were of service along the way. You know, it's give to get 101. The more you give, the more you get. Yes, I love it. I'd love you just mentioned, teased us a little bit with the 11 different types of marketing outreach. I'd like to dig a little bit deeper into that and we'll do that right after this. When the spotlight shines on your business, are customers applauding or yawning? In other words, how is your business performing? Make your business a star with a new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater by Mark Hain. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at markhain.com. Welcome back. I'm speaking with the host of the podcast. So here's your challenge, Randall Craig. Randall. Could you just tell us a little bit about your podcast? It's rather unique. It's actually not that unique, okay? Honestly, Mark. But here's the issue. Most people don't have time, Yeah. right? But if they just had one idea, and they could do that in five minutes, yeah. okay? Something in the marketing kind of area, okay? Marketing strategy, some technology area. You know, they could probably do something about it. So here's your challenge. My podcast is one idea in less than five minutes, it always says something about doing it right away. And I end up with, so here's your challenge. And then some interesting little twists on how to implement the idea that we talked about. So it's available every week and on your podcast provider of choice. Yep. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. I did put the link to the podcast in the show notes. So make sure that you check it out because five minutes, right? And you get an idea. Who knew, right? <laughs> Craig, underlying philosophy for marketing, like the marketing gurus have said that this idea of not now, you mentioned the 5%. I've heard statistics say that, you know, 1% of the population might be ready to buy from you when you're ready to sell to them. Like if you put some sort of ad out. When we think about this idea of effective marketing sequences. Uh, first of all, what are marketing sequences? And then what sequences should every business be leveraging in order to be more effective? Okay, my God, you're a master of the largest- The, the little questions, the ever. little questions. <laughs> so number one, okay, I don't know about 5% or 1%, but one thing for sure, if you're fishing in your bathtub, you will not catch a single fish. If you fish in a pond with a certain type of fish, you may catch one. The more fish there are, if you're fishing in the right pond, you're going to catch a lot. So that's number one. Okay, you want to make sure you fish where the fish are, right? So any kind of marketing stimulus, whether it's an advertisement or a trade show or a referral program, etc., it all depends. You know, your conversion rate will depend on that. With respect to the marketing automation sequences, I'll share one that I, I think is is critically important for any any business. And it's what I call the long-term retention sequence, okay? And the idea of that is this. Sometimes you'll hear these called uh, nurture sequences or long-term drip sequences. The idea is that when somebody has an interaction with you, but they've not closed, they have not signed the contract, what you do is you ask if, and you get permission, because that's the law in pretty much every jurisdiction now, that you have permission to send them things from time to time. 
you know, and very good. You know, and here's an example. I'll speak at a conference. There might be a lot of people. I offer them something rather if, if they're interested. You know, just leave your card or, or, or text something to a certain number. And, and I ask them explicitly, you know, if I see things from time to time that might be of interest, would you be interested in receiving? So fine. The vast majority of people say yes. So after the conference, what I'll do is I'll send them an email, a custom email that says, hey, as promised, here's the stuff that you asked. But then I'll attach them to a long-term sequence where every six to eight weeks, they get an email from me. Hey, it's Randall here. Hope you enjoyed the conference where I presented on such and such. A lot of people have a question about this or that. Thought you might as well. So I have attached a white paper that I wrote on that topic. Goes into greater detail. Hope all is well, Randall. Right? And what comes back after that is, thanks, Randall. Actually, it's a very interesting white paper. You know, two months after that, they get something else from me. Hey, I was in a video on such and such where we talked about this and that. It's related to what, what I spoke about at the conference, etc., Thought you'd be interested. Here's a link to YouTube. And then there you go. And then over the years, you know, I've got five years of long-term nurture sequence. And guess what? All those people, by the way, how many times have I asked for the sale during all these emails? Zero. Absolutely zero. Right? Because every single one of them, they don't care about me. They care about how I can solve the problem. So for everyone who's, who's on there and they get yet another part solution to their problem, they put it all together, it means something. You know, as I said at the very beginning, leaders sometimes don't know what they don't know. But if they know the questions, they can figure out the answers. So that's kind of what I provide. And guess what? Somebody says, you know, do you know anybody who might be able to speak at our conference? They say, oh, yes, absolutely, Randall Craig, font of knowledge in the area of fill in the blank, Right. So people would say, okay, here we go. You know, other people say, well, you know, we need somebody to help our CEO figure out how to scale to the next level or solve some other type of problem. Do you know anybody? And they say, yeah, absolutely, Randall Craig. Let me forward a copy of one of the white papers he wrote. And it becomes very, very powerful because it's long-term drip, you know, in my case for the audience. But if you think about, and I'm talking really to, you, to the listeners, who are your customers who don't say yes? right? And they should have a long-term drip sequence. And who are your customers who say, who do say yes? They need one too, right? That improves retention and referrals and all that. And you're not trying to sell them stuff. That's a different type of thing. What you're trying to do is build trust and demonstrate expertise. Being the point of the trusted advisor, being the one that is there, instead of saying, sending a piece of marketing material, say, hey, this is how great Acme company is, what you're doing is you're sending out information so people, when they're reading it, realize that Acme company is probably the business they want to be doing business with. Yeah. So it's a much different philosophy. Yeah. Uh, It's for them. Yeah. This is fantastic. Like, this is a really great way of being able to view it. And I hope the viewers get from that. If people have questions, um, how can people get in contact with you? Well, randallcraig.com is my website. Okay. That's certainly one thing. www.randallcraig.com. But on the topic of marketing automation, if they go to randallcraig.net slash automation, they'll go directly to something that gives an example of all these different automations. Great. Great. I don't know if you meant to cover up your camera. No, I did not. (laughs) Gee, that's what happens. I just wanted to make sure that I got the URL correct, randallcraig.net. 
slash automation. If you go to randomcrate.com, you'll, you'll, you can get in contact with me. And again, that link is down below. And in that white paper, the marketing automation, you do put the 11 different kinds of marketing sequence, marketing sequences in there too, don't, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if, if you're curious about it, it's in there. When it comes down to marketing sequences, does one have to start from scratch? Like, I know, like, we talked earlier about how if you talk to technology or CRM company, they're like, oh, this is the best thing ever since sliced bread. And and then you're left with kind of this implementation of, you know, how, what about my mailing list? What how, how do I migrate? How do I take what I have and make it more effective? Yeah, th- that's really where consulting and coaching comes in. Okay. okay. I have not met a single business owner ever who said, I'm exactly like everybody else. And therefore, everybody else's exact sort of solution is going to work for me. So yes, there's all kinds of neat tools out there like Keep KEAP or ActiveCampaign or Zoho. There's a whole bunch of them that that are built for this kind of thing for smaller businesses and medium-sized businesses. Okay, but listen, the best that they can do is say, hey, here's how to use the tool. And, you know, there's there's two other parts. Number one is the strategy of it. And number three is implementation part is the actual writing, by the way. And once again, it's not just emails that go out. There's other types of steps in the sequence as well. Yeah. Yeah. So when somebody's exploring this and, and thinking that this is I need to start, I need to pull up my big boy panties and and get on the train. How much does it cost to set up and maintain marketing automation? Like, how do you create that variable? or define that variable? Whoa, Mark, it's so expensive. (laughs) Oh, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars, just (laughs) hundreds and hundreds. You know, listen, it depends on what you want to do, okay? You know, some people are just brilliant. They've got all the answers. They don't want to listen to anybody. Maybe they'll get a, you know, a dummy's book on, on something. And, you know, the thing that makes these things sing is figuring out what the right strategy is for your organization. So a very, very small company that has got very, very simple business model and very clean data and very clean mark and a good already done marketing plan. It's very different than somebody who says, boy, we've never really looked at it through this lens. We need to figure out what's going on here, right? And gee, our, our marketing, we don't really think it's effective anyway, or we've been captive of an agency or we've been captive of a big consulting firm or, or captive of a piece of technology, et cetera. And so for that, it's a little bit needs more time, right? It really depends, right? The technology is cheap, okay? It's super cheap. But why bother with technology if you haven't figured out what you're going to be doing, how, why, and everything, so. Yeah, to your point, it really does boil down to a marketing strategy and then an implementation strategy. And, you know, I think what happens, though, with new toys is that we get so anxious. It's like, oh, yeah, we could do this. We could post. Oh, yeah, we could do all this work. And then realize that, you know, you cannot be consistent, which is the kind of the puddle I fell into was it was like, oh, no, I can do this. And I started and started, but then other things pulled me away and I couldn't make it a priority. And because of that, it falls by the wayside. And then you do nothing. Yeah. And then it just gets bigger because then it's like, oh, I have to go back now. I have to go back, you know, six weeks and go back and start. And it just gets messy from that point on. So it, it is about what you, we can do in a consistent manner, right? Well, yeah. The the good thing, though, about some of this is, you know, just that example of that long-term nurture sequence I just described. Mm -hmm. Once you've sort of framed it out, you've got the strategy and you've written those things, 
you don't have to redo it every time. When that new client starts, for example, for me, and they automatically get a couple emails, I don't need to redo that. So it's a great way to actually recapture time that can be used on things that actually need your, you know, yeah. direct attention. So yeah. Fantastic. I'd like to get into some cautionaries. As people kind of look into this, one of my biggest fears is operators who look at stuff and go, okay, we need to do this. This is going to be a thing we're going to do next six weeks. So I'd like to get into some cautionaries and we'll get to that right after this. Attention meeting and event planners. Is your company or association planning a live or virtual conference, seminar, staff retreat? Are you looking for a fresh, energetic perspective on what it takes to put on a jaw-dropping experience for your customers or staff? Book customer experience expert Mark Hain for your next group event. Past participants have said, Mark kept us in stitches while teaching us how important and powerful actually designing our customer experience can be. Read more testimonials and find out how Mark can serve you and your group at markhain.com. That's M-A-R-C-H-A-I-N-E.com. Welcome back. I am speaking with the CEO whisperer himself, Randall Craig. <laughs> Randall, cautionaries. As people start wanting to get into this idea of marketing automation, what are some of the things they should be concerned about? That might be a red flag. Number one, it's not technology. Gee, how many times do I have to say this? And I said it actually earlier today. There's no piece of technology that's going to suddenly sign your engagement letter or buy the product. It's a person. Right. Right. So therefore, the strategy has got to be one that comes first, not buying some software. Perfect. I do get myself tons of email solicitations offering to solve my marketing problems. All sorts of things about SEO for this and, and marketing auto. What should we be on the lookout for as potential targets of these email campaigns? Not so sure I understand the, the uh, question fully, Mark. If you're asking, you know, gee, you're getting solicited by all these different, what should we do first? I think strategy comes first. And then afterwards, you can say, well, geez, the next dollar that I spend is the best on SEO or on some marketing automation or whatever. The best thing, frankly, is strategy first. Yes. Okay. Don't put the cart before the horse. Yeah. So have that strategy down. Understand what you're trying to accomplish with it. The, what I'm talking about is these emails that we're getting through their own drip campaigns where we get these cold emails that are saying to business operators, you know, we but, will but help Mark, Mark, your... Oh, I, I got to stop you there. Yeah. What you just said answers your question. Getting these cold emails. This isn't marketing automation. This is people spamming you, thinking that X percentage of everything, uh, you know, if they send a million emails out and maybe 0.001% answer and close and buy something, it's worth it, okay? No, that's not marketing automation. That's just spamming. Okay. Love now, that. These spammers, these spammers, they're not dumb. They understand that marketing automation is very good. So what they'll do is they'll send you a spam. And then what they'll do is they'll resend it to you with the subject re something or other. And it'll say something like, hey, Mark, not sure if you saw my last email, but about this other spammy spam McSpam, but blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then a week later or two day or two hours later, they'll send, hey, Mark, it's so-and-so again. Just wanted to check in to see whether you thought about what I 
sent in my first spammy spam and my spammy spam spam follow-up. Okay, so the spammers are using marketing automation, but here's the thing. Does it work with you? Not the answer is no, of course it doesn't work, right? Does it work for the spammers? Well, because their goal is spam, it probably works, okay? But listen, we're not idiots. It, you know, and every time you decide to do that kind of cold email, cold, that impacts your brand. Sure. That changes their expectations of your experience with you. It's not a healthy thing, but the technology is there. So, of course, the spammers use it, right? Now, on the other hand, what if, for example, I sent something to all of my coaching clients after one year of coaching, and I said to them, I'm having a peer-to-peer networking group meeting on such and such, one time only. Okay, if you're interested in attending and there is no cost because you're a client, please let me know and I'll send you an invite. And they'll think, oh, why? Because the relationship's already there, the trust is already built. And if I've got an automation that says, if they haven't responded, send them a reminder, that's a good use of automation because there's a relationship already. And I think that that's the fundamental difference with respect to some of these things. We're not doing spam. What we're doing is we're taking an already existing relationship and saying, how can we get it to the other? You got a trade show booth. Somebody drops by your trade show. Some of the people are hot prospects. You're going to call immediately. Some of them just wanted the free pens you're giving. Forget it. Okay. They're not a prospect. And then there's a whole group in the middle there are, I don't know, maybe interested because you had a short conversation, but maybe it's a not yet. So maybe there's a specific type of marketing automation for those not yets and a different automation for the hot prospects. Like it goes on and on about how we can use it. Right. Right. But it's not going to work unless it's part of, of what that strategy is. Yeah. You know, so. and, and the word that comes to mind is intentionality as well. It's strategy, mm. but intentionality as well. This has been such a great topic, Randall. I'm thrilled. This has just been the quickest 45 minutes has gone by. Do you have any last thoughts about what we've talked about today? Oh, man. You know what? Listen, anybody who's watching this is probably pretty sharp. They probably have got a good sense of what their business is. Yeah. Excuse me, but I'll make an offer if that's okay, Mark. Sure, yes. Okay, and the offer is this. If any of the things that I've talked about today have been intriguing to you and, you know, you've read the thing on marketing automation, you know, the free thing that randallcraig.net slash automation. If you want to talk about it, I'd be very happy for any of the listeners of of your podcast, Mark, to give them 30 minutes of my time. And they just need to go to randallcraig.net slash 30 and ask any questions you like. I love to learn about different businesses and... Feel free to do that. I'd love to meet you. Love it. And could you just remind everybody one more time how they can get a hold of you if it's just an email or just a, a reach out? Yeah, any kind of reach out, you can go to randallcraig.com, which is my website, and all there's contact forms there and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And if you want to meet with me for 30 minutes, there's no obligation. randallcraig.net slash 30. You know, you mentioned something about getting into your brain, and I really do feel that we were able to take a little can opener today and just and take a peek inside there. It's been great. Thank you so much, Randall. Oh, fantastic, Mark. Thank you. Why don't you let me know if this was of value to you? As always, my offer stands. If you would like 30 minutes of my time, 
to brainstorm your business with you and your team, feel free to book yourself on my online calendar. The link is down below in the show notes. It's the one that's marked meetwith.markhain.com. It would be my absolute honor to be of service. And if you haven't done so yet, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to this podcast? Once you subscribe, it'll give you first dibs whenever I bring you fresh new content that will help you work on your business, not just in your business. My name is Mark Hain. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception. Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhain.com for a full directory of available episodes. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please share it and tell your friends about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception. Mm-hmm.